Really excited about this chat with a former A-League player, of course, played in Japan, China and the UAE, uh, Billy Seleski. Welcome to The Footballer's Voice. Thanks, mate. Uh, thank you for taking the time and having me on your show. Looking that's, forward to it. That's all right. Very, very travelled, Billy, I must say. Um, can you explain to us what the, the China and UAE experience was like just before we get stuck into some entrepreneurship on this episode? You're launching a, a really... Cool product. Um, I'm a huge fan of it, and you've you've sent me over the deck, so I can't wait to uh, get stuck into it. But just talk to us about that experience, because obviously there've been a lot of uh, Australian players in recent times that have um, plied their trade in the UAE and and China, and I think a lot of Aussie uh, football fans are always very very curious. So let's maybe talk a little bit of football first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, it was on the back of the. I think it was the all-stars game uh where we played against man united um and then a few days later i was lucky enough to be involved in the liverpool game at the mcg so there was talk of some stuff happening in dubai and potentially a move for myself over there um and yeah i just got i just got lucky mate like um those two games kind of cemented the move over um and it was with the team um al sharp uh kind of a smallish team over there so a little bit of a culture shock when I first got over there, obviously. Um, not just with the uh, the football, but with the way of life and whatnot. Um, but really enjoyed it there. Um, short stint, unfortunately. Would have loved to have stayed there a little bit longer. Uh, and look, I, I got to see what you know football was like somewhere completely different. Um, and Dubai was an amazing place to to kind of set up and and, and live for a little while. Um, you know, warm weather all the time yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But Mate, we were training at like nine o'clock at night some nights. It was just absolutely stinking hot. So, <laughs> you know, it'd be like anywhere over 35 degrees some nights and you're looking at 80% humidity. Yeah. Um, I went so there in winter once. So I was there for a couple of weeks. My uncle lived over there and uh, it was a very strange experience to be ex- experiencing, you know, low 30s during a winter. It was it was crazy. Yeah, crazy. Look, and, and winter, you know, I'm still rocking up to training in shorts and a t-shirt and there's guys in beanies and jackets and all that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. And then on the flip side, I literally flew straight into China where it was minus, minus 30 degrees. So I went from, you know, 40 odd to minus 30. And, and, and again, you know, a bit of a reality check with, with culture and whatnot. Um, but enjoyed it, man. Enjoyed both, both, uh, both destinations um, just to experience something new and out of those two, obviously the third was was my favourite, the J League. Um, you know, really, really felt at home there. Um, just, just the football, the culture, the people. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man, it was so. It was really cool. It was a really cool experience, and I was meant to head back there for um for an extended uh, contract, a couple more years. But you know what this game's like. You know, it's um it changes pretty fast. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, I I, I didn't I, I didn't get to get head, uh, head back over there. Just on the J League quickly then, um, I'm fascinated by it. I think it's a tremendous league. I know a lot of journalists here, um, a lot of intelligent football fans on Twitter and different forums often reference that Australia probably needs to take a few parts of the the Japanese model and look to implement them here in the A League. Maybe just pick out a couple of things that they did really, really well that you think that um, the A-League um, as a whole um, should maybe look at seriously as trying to implement it into our game. Well, look, it's a it's an interesting question, mate. It's, um, there are so many elements over there that they kind of sent the, um, they set the benchmark really in Asia, don't they? Um, right across the board, man. Just day-to-day stuff, 
in terms of training and application and, um, you know, how the game's perceived as well from the public and, uh, and whatnot. We're obviously, you know, still not that top tier sport in Australia. Um, I know we're still reaching for it and I hope, I hope we, you know, can, can break that, that stereotype. But for sure. Yeah, man, everything like it's, it's something that, you know, Australia should kind of aspire to be like and, and, and model itself on the J League. Um, a lot of great players, um, even the local boys, you know, fantastic um, skill set. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard to kind of pinpoint a couple of things when I think the overall package is just one that needs to be looked at and probably broken down in general. We'll get to it. So it's Boot Lab 101, uh, about to launch very soon, I believe, Billy. Now, I know I know what it is and how it works, but we need to take a step back because, of course, this is a podcast. So um, I used to say this a lot on Daily Football Show, and I'm kind of happy that Rob's not in the room at the moment because he'll yeah. think I sound like a bit of a wanker. But um, can you give us the elevator pitch? What is it all about? The pitch? Okay, so... Um, in a nutshell, my man, uh, a portable boot cleaning device. So it came about pretty randomly, man, like searching for nothing related to it, man. I I was probably looking for sneakers online. (laughs) Um, and then just, um, you know, went down this, this rabbit hole of just, you know, thinking, okay, there's, there's stuff that helps, you know, keep your sneakers clean and whatnot. And eventually kind of came across something that, was trying to do something that I wanted to do, but it wasn't quite, you know, there yet. So I engaged some industrial designers. Um, and then, you know, we spoke about what the goal of the product was and, you know, what the message behind it was. And it kind of just started from there, man. It, it started about two years ago. Um, and then, you know, went back and forth with it, did a little bit more, stopped for a bit, did a bit more. And yeah, fast forward two years and, um, you know, after five or six prototypes, after, you know, testing and, and whatnot, we've, we've finally got an end product, which is pretty cool, man. Yeah, and that process is sometimes very exhausting. I know myself having worked on uh, a range of different products and I was in a service business once upon a time, but, you know, product for me is probably at my core as someone who is also entrepreneurial and the one thing that people probably don't realize and I was even having these conversations today is that you have to iterate so many times until you land on something that you're happy with and even then you're not entirely sure no matter how much you put into the logic of the idea the modeling um, you're not entirely sure if this thing's actually going to land when it goes out to market like that's just the reality of of any product or any service so what have you I guess what have you Put in place um, before rollout, and and what modelling have you done to just, I guess, ensure that this thing hits the market, um, you get traction, it's got appetite with the consumers. Um, those are the big questions that I guess everyone asks themselves when they when they go out there with something new. Particularly given, I guess, in the last ten to fifteen years, there's been a real rise in people trying different ideas um, and going out to market with a range of different things. So. What, what are some of those lessons that you learned during the iteration process before rollout that means that you feel well-placed that this will get the uptake that you're looking for? Oh, look, firstly, the biggest thing for me was finding something that I was passionate about. Um, I didn't want to really, you know, try something or get engaged with something or, or put something out there that I didn't believe in because I felt as though if I'm 
trying to sell it to people and I don't believe it myself, I've already failed. So, you know, before we even got to uh, uh, pro- product and just prototype, it was more about, okay, what's the message behind this product? You know, you know how are we going to, like you said, make the cons- consumer want it and, and need it and, and what's really our, our, our target audience? So, you know, we, we made sure that all those boxes were ticked. Um, we've got a lot of pro athletes that we've spoken to um, and shown the product and, and gotten their feedback. There's been retail stores that we've spoken to. Um, and again, great feedback. Uh, and also the message that we're trying to send out there with the product itself about how convenient it is and how easy it is to use. Um, it kind of works well now in, in the way um, I feel like young kids, you know, they play sport and, and they live life. Everything's a little bit fast paced now. Yep. So this product kind of fits into that um, that gap where you don't really need to sit down and spend, you know, X amount of time cleaning your boots. We've kind of brought something out into the market that's going to be quick. It's going to be, you know, really easy to use. It's convenient. It just kind of slips right into your lifestyle. So yeah, that that's kind of our, that's how we're kind of trying to sell it to people. Yep. Um, and, and, and a lot of people have bought into it, which is great. Um, and yeah, like I said, the biggest, biggest thing for me was just trying to find something that I thought, you know, it's quite innovative. It hasn't been done before, which could also work against me because I've got kind of nothing to, to compare it to. So we'll just roll the dice hopefully and, um, and get a good reaction, man. Yeah, but that's good because you need to have a unique value proposition, as they say, uh, when you're creating a, a product or a service. And the fact that there's no competition out there means that you, you're well-placed. The mm. thing I really like about this, and it res- resonates at a really basic level, is the fact that I played Aussie Rules as a kid and then I started playing more football in my late teens. And you sit, in your deck, you talk about extending the life of your boots um, I could not yeah. agree more with that. Like I've had seasons where, you know, I was having to change my boots nearly every season or I got halfway through the second year and I was looking at new boots and I probably didn't take the best care of them. The thing I really like is that this boot brush will effectively just become habit. It'll become second nature that it's in your sports bag. Um, that's really cool because you're not trying to drastically change someone's behavior you're actually trying to add to it. So that's what I really like about this. And I was even speaking to Rob about it and I said, you know what, I reckon this thing will work because it's a very simplistic, and I say that and everyone talks about how many businesses that fail and blah, 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 and that's fair. And we know the, the statistics on that. But it's just a little tweak in that footballer's behavior or whatever sport they're playing uh, that requires boots and it's not overburdensome and blah, blah, blah. So that's why I think um, you're well positioned. I guess the next question is marketing strategy, campaigns, brand ambassadors, all, the, all those types of things that are so critical now because we're in this saturated digital market. What, what have you been able to do around that? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's going to be key to us. Um, I feel like I've been able to leverage off my career a little bit, which has been great. Um, you know, with guys that I've played against, um, guys that I've played with that have, you know, stepped up their careers and gone to another level, the likes of your Mitch Langerax and, and these sorts of guys who, you know, I've spoken to them about the product and, and they're all in, in terms of just wanting to help and support it and, and get the name out there. So that's probably going to be my, my one real main um, asset that I've got where, 
I've literally just been able to reach out to guys and, and, and just, just ask for help. And I think um, that's the beauty of being involved in sport and, and team sport for so long. It, it still keeps you connected to guys. Um, so when it comes time to transitioning out of, you know, whatever sport you play, you've still got great relationships in place. Um, you'd, be, you'd be surprised, man, how many people that you contact that actually just genuinely want to help you. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. Um, that's going to be massive for me. Um, and then, yeah, you just, it's a little bit unknown to me because this is my first kind of, you know, step into something like this. So I feel like I'm still going to learn as I go when it comes time to campaigns, Instagram ads, you know, all that sort of stuff, Facebook ads, Google ads, whatever it might be. Um, and you kind of just tweak it as you go. I, I don't think there's real, any real perfect formula, especially for something that's, that's, um, that's not been tested before. So I've got no comparisons, man. I, I'm just going to have to see how things progress um, and how the market takes to it. Yep. No, I love it. You're just going to roll with it. Um, yeah, man. There is, there is one slide in your presentation around caring for the environment and the, and the green yeah. aspect of the product. Mm-hmm. You know what? Some people don't care about that, but I think they should. I think it's, I think it's important for what it's worth from my personal point of view. Um, can you just talk to that a little bit and explain, um, I guess, the makeup of the product and how you've tried to ensure that you've not only have you gone through the iteration, the modeling, the prototyping, but you've also had a green focus as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when we first engaged the, um, the industrial designers, um, we wanted to create obviously something that was really simple, as you mentioned, and, and everyone could use, but it was also important that we cared for the environment as much as we could. Um, so the materials that we've used, we've only got four components um, that make up the actual boot brush, um, the body, the bristle head, uh, a cap, and a little valve that sits under the um, the bristle head. Essentially, the valve's just made of silicon, um, and that's the only component that's uh, that's not recyclable. Everything else, you know, once you're you're done with it and it's time to buy a new one, um, you can just literally throw in the uh, in the recycling bin. Um, and we felt like it is a great message to put out there, um, and it was really important that you know our product aligned with those you know recyclable um, components. So. Yeah, absolutely. Really important. Um, and it just, you know, just sending the right message out to people that if you purchase one of our products, you know, we've actually thought about how we put it together as well. How much time has this taken and how much time and energy have you put into it? Um, quite a bit, mate. Um, it was a little bit of a, a tough transition out of football for me, just kind of finding out uh, what I wanted to do. And, and, you know, I had ideas and whatnot, but sometimes the idea that I had of what I wanted to do. And then when I actually tried to do it and experience that particular, you know, field of work, I didn't enjoy it. So this has been going on nearly two years, man, where I've kind of played with it and yeah, just thought, could it work? Could it not work? And in the end, I think in a sense, the, the COVID aspect kept me at home um, mm. <laughs> and I just needed something to do, man. And, and this, it just, it just took over. Honestly, I just, um, I took everything out one day and I just haven't stopped since, um, yeah, since March last year, I suppose. Yeah, well, you need to do it. There's no other way, really. Um, the only person that's going to drive it is is yourself when it comes to creating something like this. So I commend you for that. I think it's amazing. The big question as well, and we've been speaking to a lot of players recently in the last couple of months or three or four months rather, and it's this transitional period that you just spoke about. A lot of players yep. coming out, a bit of an identity crisis, they've come from such a public high pressure environment and then all of a sudden they're feeling a bit lost. Um, 
Yeah. Was it was it tough for you, and and has this given you perhaps a new lease on life? This project, hopefully, a project that will turn into a really profitable uh, company for you. Like the first part, we lost, and then the second part, what has this done to kind of uh, I don't know reinvigorate yourself in some in some respects? Yeah, absolutely. Um, lost, yes, absolutely. I think um, I think I've spoken to guys that I'm still close with that actually you know, studied while they were playing. Um, and, and I'm all for that. I'm actually currently studying my Cert 4 in, in building construction. And I think it's a really good tool to have because it gives you that balance. Um, and then there's been guys that have, have done that study and what they've studied for, um, they didn't actually enjoy it once they got involved in that workplace. So I kind of felt lost in a sense of wanting to feel passionate about something as much as I did about football. And maybe I was a little bit naive to think that that was going to happen straight away. I've, you know, I might have needed to grow into a role or into an environment. Um, look, I think the beauty of transitioning out of full-time sport is the skill set that you develop as an athlete, you know, you know, your drive, teamwork, you, you're motivated, all those things, you know, you want to be successful. They're all great tools to have once you transition into, mm. into the workforce, into normal life, so to speak. Um, it's just that I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a bunch of ideas and, you know, I just, I couldn't really, you know, put my finger on one. And like you said, this has given me that, that, that focus that I needed. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to, yeah, like you said, develop into a profitable company and, and something that I can grow and add products to. And the reason we've called it boot lab is because we wanted to create more products that, you know, can fall under this kind of category of whether it's caring for your boots or anything kind of boot related that we can incorporate into the whole thing. Mate, I love it. It's been awesome to talk to you. Um, again, for what it's worth, Rob and I think it's going to work, so you're on to a winner. Um, and the last question I had is, are you still watching a bit of football at the moment? Are you still going to games or are you maybe a little bit too obsessed with this project? Uh, this is this has taken over, man. <laughs> so the only games I'm currently watching are my team Liverpool failing. Oh, don't. don't dramatically don't. at the moment. Yeah, it's killing uh, me as well. It's killing me oh, as well. Man. It's hard to watch, man, especially at home, you know, after that, that amount of time with no losses and now two on the trot. Um, I reckon the league slipped away a little bit for us, man, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think it was there anyway. So I know there'll be a few listeners who are going, oh, did they really have to have a Liverpool love in? Well, yes, it's the end of the podcast, so we're going to. I think, throw one in there, surely. I think teams have just realised they can put all 10 men behind the ball, counter at pace, and that's how you beat Liverpool. And Liverpool haven't been able to adapt. So once Klopp figures out a plan... Um, we'll be fine. But I think the target was always as soon as Van Dyke went down a few other players, um, and it seems like we have injuries every single week. Yeah. I think the target, people need to realise City are going to win this league by 10-plus points right now. You can I think keep, it's wrapped up already, man. So, I, I so hate to admit I. it, but here we are on a public forum, you know, putting it out there. So don't even, don't even worry about the title. We'll get it back the next season when everyone's fit. I think for Liverpool, it's really just... Get top four. Who cares if it's second, third, or fourth? It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant for me. Get top four and then put all your eggs in the Champions League basket. So I'm trying to stay upbeat about it all, mate. Are we, uh, we going to revisit this conversation in like <laughs> at the end of the season and say, you know what, I actually thought we are going to win it all along? And Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm a glass half full type of guy. So I'm, I always what? tend to say people talk about adversity and we've lost two games at home against two pretty average teams. Let's be frank about that. Maybe we look back on this in four or five months and it was, I don't know the platform or the springboard in some weird way that won us the seventh champions league. So there you go. 
the skies, eh? That's what that's what I'm going with just to keep myself upbeat. But look, there'll be a lot of people listening in the last three minutes being like, well, I've already switched off. I'm not yeah, listening. 100%. But the <laughs> Liverpool fans are everywhere, so th- there will be some that will be enjoying this little bit of Reds chat. So. 100%. Anyway, we'll leave it there. But, Billy, it's been an absolute pleasure, as I said, to have you on the Footballer's Voice. All the best with it. And when's rollout? When can I buy my little boot brush? Uh, rollout will be... The 16th, so just over 10 days. Wow. Okay. Yeah, not long to go, man. We're, we're, we're super excited. We've got product that's just arrived from overseas yesterday, um, and I'm hoping to have it in our warehouse by next week. Um, yeah, look look over it, make sure everything's you know good to go, and then and then roll it out and, and see how it takes to the market, man. Beautiful. Well, best of luck with it, mate. I hope it goes very well for you. Thanks, dude. Thank you very much. Beautiful. That was awesome, mate.